Hello, wrestling family. Welcome to Sound of Whistle with IHSA wrestling official Tony Clark. Each week, I will bring you interviews with prominent figures in the sport of high school wrestling. Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Tony Clark. In tonight's podcast, we will be talking with IHSA state final official, uh, clinician, and rules interpreter, and IWCOA Hall of Fame member, Mike Kirkus. How are you tonight, Mike? Oh, very good. Thank you for having me. Hope uh, everybody's doing well. well. Again, I want to thank you uh, for your time in, in doing this for the uh, the officials. And tonight we're going to be talking about how to grow as an official. So, Mike, um, what can an official do to advance in our sport? Well, I, I think that's a question we've asked or a lot of a lot of people have asked over the years. And uh, I've been listening to your podcast, um, and they're doing great. And thanks for doing that, and everybody who's participated so far. Um, and I've heard uh, a number of things that um, really good suggestions. I, I think one of the missing ingredients that um, may not be in, being emphasized enough is the fact that I look at the the growth of a young official. I, I think there's you know f- maybe five things that they really need to focus on but they have to all go hand in hand. They all kind of work together. And if you're missing one of these categories, <clears throat> you're going to struggle a little bit. Um, we had, uh, you had Nima on um, maybe earlier last week, last week sometime, and he talked about rules. Um, you can't really be a very good official if you don't know your rules. You have to learn the rules. You have to know the case situations, case book situations. Um, you have to go to clinics. And not just every once, every third year, but you have to go. And that's where you learn a lot of great information. Yeah, they're long. They're four hours. But I remember when I first started out, I would I'd have a match or I'd be thinking of a situation that had happened. Well, they didn't specifically cover that situation in the clinic. So I'd have to go and ask somebody. i say, hey, this is what I had. Uh, what, what do I do? What was I supposed to do? Is that a takedown? Is that a reversal? Those types of situations. Um, I, that was my platform. That's where I would go and ask the questions that I just didn't know. Um, at clinics, it's where you meet assigners. Uh, most, most, most of the, the assigners are at these clinics. Um, you actually get to put a name with a face. Hey, I'm a new official. We'll talk a little bit more about assigners down the road because they're, they're an integral part of the growth. Um, but I think rule knowledge in really knowing how it applies learning the different situations and working at always continuing to learn. Um, I know Bill Honeycutt and I, we talk about it, boy, every time I go to a clinic, if I could just walk away with one bit of information, that would be outstanding. So, um, and kind of set that for a goal. Always walk away from whatever activity you're in. Did I learn something new today? Can I learn something new? So I think that's one part of it. Um, I think a a second part is um, really seek out feedback. I can tell you as a veteran official, um, I know there's 30, uh, 36 officials that did the state tournament, and I think every one of them would say, boy, I wish I had a little feedback. I wish I, you know, good, bad, or ugly. I just wish I knew a little bit, you know, did I do that well? Did I not do well? What could I work on? So always seek out feedback. And how do you do that? Um, I think it's really important when you go to a duel on a, a Thursday or a Friday or a Tuesday and you maybe you're doing the under level and there's a varsity guy there, ask that varsity official, um, can, I, can you give me some feedback? Can you, you know, watch, um, you know, 
did I do this well? What suggestions do you have me? And, and that's important. And But you have to ask. You have to be willing to ask because not too many people um, are just going to go up randomly and say, oh, yeah, by the way, person I've never met before, you um, your mechanics aren't real strong. You might want to do this. That It doesn't normally happen like that. But I think a really big important step is ask coaches for feedback. Tell them before the match. Tell them at the weigh-in. Hey, I'm, I'm fairly new. I'm going to ask you at the end of the match, um, good, bad, or ugly. You know, anything that they have. That shows them that you're willing to learn. You're wanting to learn. You, nobody who steps into this officiating world and it's just outstanding. It just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, I, I helped a, a young official this year, brand new. As a matter of fact, he was a junior in high school, an old junior. I think he was, he was obviously he was 17 years old. Um, he was a sponge and he would just ask questions and he'd, he'd go and do his own matches and he'd ask, he'd ask the coaches, um, you know, what do you have for me? And I, I would see these coaches at later matches and they're like, Hey, that young kid you sent over, he did great. He was so eager to learn. And, and I think that's really important. Uh, Nima in his podcast talked about a passion. Um, you you, you kind of got to want to do this. And if you are willing to work hard and be sponge and you, you can really make a lot of progress quickly. Um, but again, back to the coaches, you know, tell them beforehand. Don't just go up at, at the end of the match. Tell them beforehand that, that you're going to ask. And make sure you tell both coaches. Because um, one of those coaches you know, is going to be the losing coach. Maybe you made a call that was tough for him to swallow. Maybe it was a blowout match. Who knows? But ask them both. Um, and then as, as things, um, you know, situations occur during the duel, uh, maybe you got into a, you know, situation you hadn't seen before. Maybe it was something very funky. Ask the coach afterwards, hey, remember that match at 145 when this happened? I made this call. Did what do you think on that? Because I think I got that right, but I'm not sure. What do you think? And if you're not, you know, if they're not sure, they don't remember, ask for the film. Almost all these programs are filming their matches. Um, you can always get a copy of that. Okay. Um, which leads me into the next topic is video. Um, one of my first mentors was uh, Tom Futris and his wife. This is, I'm talking back in the day of, um, what are those things called? VHS. She would always be filming him. And we were, you know, in the general location together and we would go to a lot of matches together. And then I'd ask her, Hey, uh, dad, would you mind filming me a little bit? Well, I, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good, but then I'd see myself on film and it was like, Whoa, what are you doing? You're so close to the action or you're too far. Or you're mechanics. You don't throw up. your. It gave me so much more information. And when I was watching video, I think in the beginning, I was I was watching the action. I was watching the two wrestlers like, oh, yeah, I remember when that kid did that. And I wasn't really watching my actions or my mechanics. So you got to you really got to try to get yourself um, get a hold of video. And there's a lot of it out there and we can get you a lot of it. Watch video of seasoned, really good officials. Watch what they're doing. Um, how are their mechanics? Are they hustling? Are they engaged? Do they, do they present confidence out on the match? Those are things that I would be looking for if I was a young official. And you can pretty much tell the difference, somebody who is real sure, real confident, really engaged, versus somebody who is, oh, kind of questioning everything they do. Um, 
it's it's really 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 important the video part i've um, been pretty involved with the video production of you make the call in our clinics i i've become a much better official just from watching it, it just it's it's a really invaluable tool but you need to be doing it you need to get it and i know some of you um, if you're not having equipment or um, you don't have a, a gopro you know if you have you know, a spouse, uh, a girlfriend, boy, whatever you have, and somebody could maybe just hold your, your iPhone. Um, ask a table worker, hey, film this next match for me, please. A lot of times it's a high school kid. They'd be happy to do it. Um, but get yourself on film and watch it. And when things happen, send that video off to other people that you know, that you trust, um, which we're going to talk about here in Mentors. Um, send it to people. What do you think? You know, did I do that right? Did I do that wrong? And this is the next one. Um, I think the next main facet is you have to have mentors. You have to have uh, more experienced people that you can go to and ask about situations that happen. You need to be able to say, hey, this is what I did. This is what it was. This is what I saw. Um, and let them kind of talk you through it. If you're at a match on a, a Thursday or a Friday night and you're the under level, depending on what conference you're in, if you're not required to stay for the varsity match, stay anyways. Ask the varsity guy when you first get there, when you're doing weigh hey, do you think it'd be all right if I stay and, and work with you during the varsity? Most of the time, it's always going to be a yes. It's in, you know, and be a great assistant. Learn how to be an assistant. You know, you learn that in clinics. Um, nobody picks it up right away. It's, it's a topic that, you know, takes a while to, to master, but stay and work. And it's, it's vitally important. And, and a lot of times uh, that senior official will let you blow the whistle and maybe you're going to alternate. Maybe you're going to do every third one. Um, and even if you don't blow a whistle, if you're assisting, sign the book. You worked it. You worked a varsity match. You'll get some ratings out of that. Rating system is a another topic for another day and but um but sign the book and this is why it's so important if i'm and i've done this a ton of times i'm on a i'm the varsity official and there's an under level person there and they want to stay and i i let them ref and assist with me and we're alternating i become their voice i'm the one that's able to advocate for that person with the signers the signers can't be everywhere they're on the mat when we're on the mat um you know Tony, yourself, Ray, John, uh, Darius, Tony Lombard, they're reffing when we're reffing, so they're not watching us because they're working. And so when you find mentors, it's so easy for me to pick up the phone and say, hey, I worked with this official, you know, Billy, and he did a great job. And, you know, he needs to work a little bit on this, but he's, he really can handle this type of level. He can do a varsity match. He's ready for a tournament. Um, we become your advocates because the assigners just can't do it all. They can't see it. And which leads into really the last topic. Um, you know, I think uh, Ray, Ray Weinsberg, you know, you had him on um, maybe earlier in the week. And he talked about um, what is he looking for? And he used, I think he used the phrase, I don't want to misquote him, but he says, I, I want the young official the, to tell me what he wants to do. Well, that's good, and I could be a young official or a new official. It doesn't have to be young, but a new official, and 
yeah, I want to, I want to be a sectional official. I want to, I want to do the state tournament. Well, that's great. It's great to have goals, but I think Rick kind of mentioned this. The assigners do work for the schools and they, they can't put an unknown entity, um, Billy, who they've never seen, um, who just wants to do varsity or wants to do this tournament. They can't just take a risk and put him out there if he's in over his head. And that's why the, you know, the assigners are so important because they need to try to match the assignment with ability level. If you're up and coming, the last thing they want to do is put you on a duo where it's a conference title. Um, you got two powerhouses going at it and you're in over your head. That would be bad for you. It'd be bad for everybody. Um, but it is really, really, really important um, to, to have these assigners know who you are know that you're working at it, have mentors talking to the assigner saying, yep, that, that young official, that new official is working hard at it. They're doing a nice job. Um, I, I think if you're missing one of these five categories, you know, rules, seeking out feedback, watching video, finding mentors, and then learning who the assigners are and understanding that, that they will try to work with you and for you, but you have to do the other parts. You have to be um, working the craft and then they can work for you. I, I, I think all five of those are, are just, you know, like I said, you can't do, you can't, if you're missing one of these, you're, you're going to get stymied along the way. And, um, and I'm, I'm not sure which podcast talked about it, but your attitude goes a long way too. I mean, we get some people that start working up the, the, the ranks and they, Maybe they hit a stumbling block. Maybe they're missing, they're falling short in one of these categories and they kind of get a little uh, frustrated with the process. Well, if you fall into that category, you better do a little reflection and, you know, okay, well, what am I not doing? What could I be doing differently? And I, I think there's almost always an answer um, to help people grow. I think, I just think that's, that it's there for everybody. That was pretty long-winded. I, sorry, I got going on a little bit of a ramble, Tony. No, 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 that's fine. Um, so I just want to touch on a couple of things that you talked about. Um, let's talk patience and, and what is your feeling? And when I use the word patience, uh, how long do you think a good process would take, um, you know, one to five years, five to 10 years? Um, because patience for the officials, and you kind of touched on that, is, is paramount, they can't rush the process. So what is your feeling on how long it would take to go from uh, freshman JV to maybe a varsity level? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think some of that comes with, um, you know, if you are, if you have been a wrestler, maybe you've been a coach, you're very familiar with the sport. Um, you just, you, you, you think, you know, the rules, but maybe you, you, you gotta, gotta get a little deeper into the rule book. You know, you can go out there and survive your level stuff. I mean, you, you, obviously you need to know all the rules, but you know, that it, it takes some time with that. Um, but you should be able to move from an under level freshman JV to the varsity. I, I think you should be able to do that with, you know, within, depending if you're working at it, two to three seasons, I think you can start getting, varsity matches that um, it's not like there's a plethora of officials out there in front of you. Um, but if you are demonstrating that you've got the skills, you've got the right attitude, you've got the right 
um, mechanics and rule knowledge and you're going to keep kids safe, you can, you can move up pretty quickly. And, and I will say this, some of it also depends on your area. You know, up here in the northern suburbs, there's a lot of opportunity for, for new officials. If you're in different parts of the state that it's a little bit more spread out, it maybe take a little bit longer. Um, so I don't know if that is kind of answering your question if you're talking JV to varsity. It does uh, give everybody some kind of a guideline. Now, you me you mentioned seeking out a mentor. Um, again, in your opinion, who makes a good mentor? Well, I think it's, you know, if, if, if you know, I, I think people that make a good mentor are, are people that are working at their craft. Um, I think if you have, um, if I'm a young official and I've seen this official around quite a bit or this, any, anytime you see a clinic, every one of these clinicians, I think will help any, no, I don't think, I know will help any official that asks. Um, but there are other really good officials out there. They don't have to be a clinician to be a great mentor. Um, like I said, my, my, probably one of my first mentors was Tom Futris, um, and he was a varsity official, working his way up the ladder to get to the sectional and then finally to the state level. And we just would talk on the phone all the time. I would, he would call me, I would call him, and we would just talk about wrestling. We'd talk about, okay, what this? And um, so, yeah, clinicians, you know, varsity level guys that you know are working good events, good tournaments. Um, if you don't know people in your area, find your assigner. Assigners are good mentors. And assigners also know good, experienced officials in your area. And they can hook you up with and say, hey, um, here's this guy. He's, you know, about a, a town over from you. Um, when you have questions, call him. Because we're all eager to help. We all want everybody to succeed. So, and that, That's very, very true. Um, you mentioned using film. So as an official who's, you know, trying to get better, what am I looking for in a film? Am I just concentrating on positioning, um, you know, how I look, you know, what my signals, what? What areas, because I know, you know, you and Bill do a lot of video watching uh, to get our clinics ready. So what should these guys be looking for? Yeah, if they're watching in their, their own, own film, film. Um, I would be looking for uh, my positioning. Am I in the right position to see the action? Um, am I hustling when the, when the action starts to move away from me? Am I moving with it to get in position? Um Am I getting too close? Am I like tripping over them? Is a, is a leg going to swing out and catch me in the shin? Or am I too far away? Um, what do my mechanics look like? You know, when it's a takedown, do I, do I like, oh, I, I think it's a takedown and I kind of throw it up there kind of half speed? Or is it a takedown and I pop it up there? That's two. Um, I, I think you, you, you're looking for a, a presence that is confident um, sure of themselves, but is really just blending into the match. You know, we've said this for years. I mean, when you can walk out of the gym and nobody really even noticed you were there, you did a really good job. You know, you, you don't have to have extra flair, um, but you, you just, you know, your mechanics and are you getting the calls right? Um, 
sometimes you go into a match or you're, you know, you're watching yourself on film and sometimes it's a really easy match. Everything just works out well. It's an easy takedown. It's a reversal. It's a near fall. Um, they're really simple calls. You look like an All-American because it was just a nice, easy match to, to ref. But then sometimes you get some, you know, scramblers and funky stuff on the edge. And, oh, boy, is that control or is it not control? It's not the way they normally look. But um, and you can you can look a little funny that way. But um, I kind of lost track there. But I, I think, uh, you know, it, again, I when you see yourself on film, I think you will realize that it's probably a lot different than what you visualize yourself in your in your mind. And again, when you have that film and you have mentors, send it to them. Hey, did I call that at the right time? Did I was I too late when I called that stalling? Was I too late with that near fall? Or grab the video and get it to other people to look at it. You know, we do it all the time. Um, the guys that are working at it, we, you know, we're always looking to to say, hey, did we do this well? Could we do this better? And I think it's important. So. Yeah, it is. And uh, you can always, and you, you alluded to this, you can always ask the coach for video. Um, and it, it's important to, for everybody to understand too. Sometimes coaches will send uh, us as clinician video for us to review. And uh, we sometimes have fun with it. I mean, we'll pick on Rob Zelensky right now. Uh, one time we got a clip on him. Uh, the coach wanted to know, could this have been a slam? And uh, you and I looked at it, we critiqued it, and we kind of, you know, sent it back out to Rob Zelensky. He's a state final official. And I remember teasing him, hey, Rob, uh, saw this video. This kid needed flight insurance. He, he went up so high, and, and he crash landed. And, and, you know, people have to be able to look at their own video and be able to laugh at it and, yeah. and honestly assess it. Oh, my gosh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I that. remember that clip. That was pretty funny. I think it was a slam on the second bounce even. But, um, yeah, we we are all going to make mistakes. Um, and you just – it's just part of the thing. And, and you know, we, we, we have a uh, – you know, in our clinics, obviously, you make the call is a, is a big part of that. And we've actually – moved away, you know, tried to move a little bit further away from like, oh, look, this guy made a mistake to, oh, that's a judgment call. What would you make if you were in that position? So, but we are going to make mistakes and that's just part of it. Um, it's important to learn from it. Um, I, you know, and sometimes the coaches are learning. You know, I, I had a situation this year um, with a program. I, I, I'll probably keep it off the podcast. And they, coach sent me a video clip thinking, asking me, well, why is that not, you know, why did you call that out of bounds? And it was a near fall situation where the back was out and they only had one supporting point in. And he thought he was right. And then after I explained it and showed him the rule in the rule book and actually used some material from our clinics, you know, the response was, I stand corrected. Thanks a lot. I appreciate your, your time. And um, so they're learning too. They're using it. Um, coaches are using it to, better their programs and that, you know, and if they are thinking maybe you made a mistake, they're saying, Hey, you know, you take a look at this again. Are you sure you got that right? And so it's, if within, if you use it with the right mindset, it can be an un, invaluable tool, but if you're going to be a defensive person about it, then you're probably not going to grow from it. So. 
and I agree with that. Um, I think one thing that that officials need to uh, hear, hear and understand, and this is at all levels, from the beginning official to the veteran official. Do you mind uh, just giving everybody your opinion or your definition of a person that's approachable? Oh, absolutely. Um, we we at the um, more experienced level, when we're talking with coaches um, and they're describing a particular official, and they're like, "He's just not very approachable." That that's never a, that's not a compliment, obviously. Um, and I, I think I think what happens there, um, what it means to be approachable is like when you get taken to a table. You, you maybe made a mistake, but you need to listen and always listen well um, and have your discussion. And, you know, if there's a change in the call to be made, great, make it. If you're not making a change because you think you got it right, that's great. But sometimes the most learning that occurs in that situation is after the match. Coach, let me talk. Let me let me explain to you what I saw. and This is why I made that call. And. And then there's a process, there's a give and take there afterwards. Um, and, you know, like we said earlier, sometimes, you know, you can say, coach, I think I got that right. I've said this many times. I think I got that right, but I'm not sure. Could you send me that clip? And sure enough, you know, they will. And, you know, hopefully I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. And um, But to be approachable, if you are to – immediately go into the defense mode like you've got it right and you you know there's no way you could be wrong or you can't even discuss a situation coaches are not they they want to be able to discuss the situations with you maybe not just at the at the table because they you know they're looking for clarification but but afterwards they want an understanding they want they they know us as officials the good programs they know us as officials they know they scout us they know who is calling things quick for stalling or who is going to be aggressive with stalling in the neutral position. So, so sometimes they're looking for a better understanding, like Mike, why did you call my guy for stalling there? And I'll explain like, well, I, I saw this, this, and this, or I, I, I saw that. So I, I, you know, in my mind that was stalling. Okay, great. Thanks. And they put that in their memory bank because they know when they see me later on in the tournament or another tournament, he calls it aggressively on the edge. And so they're, they're learning, you know, if, if a coach come up, came up to me and said, Mike, why'd you hit me, hit my guy for stalling there? And I said, because he was stalling and that's just the way it's going to be. Well, that's not very approachable. He's not going to learn anything from me. He's going to learn that I got a bad attitude and um, I'm not approachable. So and I, I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of got rambling there, but. Um... No, no, you, you hit it. Uh, multiple times, and uh, I, I think that definition is is very important. That's missing um, in another podcast uh, that uh, we'll play here in a couple of days or so. Um, I threw out there one of the things that Mr. Knox said to all uh, 36 of us on the state floor this year was uh, we need to show or demonstrate mm-hmm our best people skills when, when dealing with 
wrestlers, coaches, and fans. So if you don't mind touching on that a little bit from your perspective, yeah, I, uh, the I, whole I, people skills. People skills is, you know, I, I think many of us, it comes natural. Some of us have to work out a little bit more. And, and sometimes even when you have really good people skills, um, and, that, and that's, a, that's a really broad topic because you're talking about people skills when you're going to a match and you're introducing yourself at the table and you're you know, meeting your workers that you're going to spend the whole day with or a whole match, um, coaches at uh, weigh-ins. Um, there's a whole variety of, of situations where your, your people skills come into um, – well, they're just engaged with other people. But when you are in conflict or when you're in an action and, and now you have – uh, an upset coach or a frustrated coach um, who's, cu- who's taking you to the table, that, that's where your people skills really need to be on high, high display. You really need to be a listener. You really need to just listen to them. And maybe they're right. And maybe you need to make a change. Um, maybe not. But if you treat them with, with nice respect and, and you're uh, listening to them, but there's not going to be change. If you can just walk yourself away, coach, I heard you. I appreciate your thoughts. If I made a mistake, I'm sorry, but I, this is the way I saw it. And we're going to move on now. And those are, those are just ways to um, deal with certain things. Uh, and that's conflict. That's, that's a, that's a people skill in conflict. Um, and sometimes we just don't always have our best display. I, I know, I can tell you right now, I had a situation this year. I'm not overly proud of. I had um, a coach that was helping me out too much from the bench and I didn't like it. And I kind of lost my patience with it. Um, And, you know, the end result was, you know, if you weren't yelling at me, coach, I would not have yelled at you. And, and that was not good people skills. That was, I would have that day. Um, So we're not perfect. And, uh, but we're human and, Sometimes it just it ends up, but we, we want to minimize our bad, our bad interactions with people. We always want our, our good people skills on display. And, um, and I don't know if that was what you were kind of angling at with, with people skills, but. Yeah, it, it was. And you just, when you said about your situation, you reminded me, uh, yeah, we all have, we all have to uh, at all times try to be yeah. um, cordial but firm and uh you and i were together at a junior high event and uh a coach came over and you know he just wanted to know the score and uh i didn't use my best people skills you kind of you kind of chastised me in a funny way like you just made that guy very afraid and in hindsight yes i was wrong and we have to be able to admit that and uh check ourselves because after you said that you were right. And, you know, I've, I've thought about that a lot as, as I'm doing these podcasts, as I'm looking at uh, and formulating some ideas that we're going to use to help develop our uh, clinics for next year. You know, I, I had I have to do a lot of self-reflecting to uh, to see am I living the example of the things that you're you're throwing out there for our up and coming officials, because the worst thing ever i'm lucky it was you who was there with me and not a right. new official watching me handle uh that situation because i would have said Absolutely. 
the wrong message to a new official. So we as veterans, we have to look at yeah, uh, absolutely. how that, we that, handle things. And that reminds watching. me of uh, my young my young apprentice, um, Paul, the 17-year-old. And he was assisting me in a varsity duel and a mother in the stands. Our, our table workers were really struggling that day. They could not, they didn't, they didn't know anything about wrestling and they couldn't get the score right. And the mother politely asked me if I could go over there because the score was wrong. The team score was wrong. I said, ma'am, I would love to, but they've limited me to go over there only one time. And I've already gone over there. So I, I'm not, I'm not allowed to go back. Now I'm having fun with this, with this fan base. I know the fan base. I'm familiar with them. And my young apprentice who's on the mat, he goes, I'm thinking I probably shouldn't do that. And I said, exactly. You should never do that. And that was wrong on my part, but I was not living that as an, as an example. I was, I was wrong in my actions, having some fun, but I was wrong in that. And um, we have to, we have to be careful with that. We have to do a better job. So you are, you're accurate with that. So. All right. Well, um, I think you put out a lot of good information um, for our listeners um, well, any closing remarks? Well, you I was gonna, I'll just re any recap topic. on this any topic. topic. I mean, if you're, if you are, and it doesn't matter how many years you've been officiating, if you've been officiating two or 22, um, if you're really looking to, to move up to the, another level or the next level for you, whatever that happens to be, and you're stuck, maybe you're frustrated. Uh, maybe you're not moving as fast as you'd want to move take a look at those five topics, you know, am I doing all of that? Um, and where, where, where am I lagging? Am I, do I, am I making good decisions with the rules? Um, am I asking for feedback? Am I showing that I'm willing to learn and I don't know it all? Um, am I watching video? Am I trying to get better? Am I working with the right mentors? Are they helping me? Cause remember mentors are your voice because the assigners to get you into better tournaments, better duels and better tournaments. They can't, they don't get to see you. They're roughing, but your, your mentors can, they can go to bat for you. They can say, yep, this official, they're really, they really improved, you know? And so maybe look at those five, five topics, uh, mentors, assigners, rules, feedback and video. Are you falling short somewhere? Are, is there something that is holding you back? And again, um, every time I go to a clinic, I, throw my name on there. Our names are up there. Our cell phones are up there. Um, we're more than happy to go to bat and, and work and help people. So um, take advantage of it. It's a, it's a wonderful sport. Um, you know, I think in Bill's, Bill Honeycutt's podcast, you know, he, he, he loves it. We all love the sport and it's done so much for all of us. And um, that's why we do what we do because we're, we're paying back to this great sport. So. Okay, well, once again, uh, I want to thank you on behalf of all those uh, who will be listening to this podcast. And for our listeners, um, provide us feedback. Uh, reach out, email me, email Mike, and, you know, let us know if you have additional questions after hearing this or if you need more clarifications. Don't hesitate to reach out to us um, and let us know what your concerns are or, you know, how we could um further explain the topic that we touched oh, on tonight. So Mike, once again, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you and your, stay safe out you there. and your Thanks family. For stay this, safe. Tony. Um, you know, I think I hope everybody's appreciating the time and effort that goes into this for you know that you're you're willing to give. And uh um, 
yeah, everybody stay safe. It's uh, crazy times out there. You too. Thank you. Yes, it is. So you have a good night. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure and follow me on Instagram, ILWrestlingRef, or you can follow me on Twitter at AssignerGuy, A-S-S-I-G-N-R-G-U-I, to be notified of new podcast episodes. Thank you and have a great day. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Tony Clark. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, Sound the Whistle with Tony Clark. I wanted to add this addendum to the podcast that you're about to listen to, uh, part three of me being interviewed by Susan Marie. At the time we created the podcast, um, we did not have the changes that the IHSA has made to the upcoming wrestling season. Um, based on information they received from the Illinois Department of Public Health and the governor's office. Um, as most of you know, the wrestling season is now going to begin uh, with practice starting November 16th, first competition November 30th, with some other changes uh, added to that. Um, but this is all a fluid situation. Uh, I know there are some initiatives, uh, Coach McGrath, Coach Oster, uh, Nate Kess and some others have um, put a survey together and you know, gathered other data to uh, present to the IHSA, to have them present to their board of directors to possibly move the wrestling season um, down to the May-June timeframe to give wrestling a better opportunity to uh, happen um, just in case things don't get better uh, November, December. So their initiative is to try to ensure there will be some wrestling. So again, um, I just wanted to throw that out there because I didn't have that information at the time that uh, we did the original podcast. So once again, thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy the podcast. Talk to you later. Hi, everyone. This is Tony Clark. I hope you and your family are having a safe and enjoyable Labor Day weekend. I want to thank Libertyville High School head wrestling coach Dale Edgar for being part of this podcast. Coach Edgar is sharing his viewpoints on wrestling officials, rule changes, and the sport of high school wrestling. You can use one of the links below to listen to the entire podcast interview. I hope you and your family continue to stay healthy. I hope to see everyone on the mat soon. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Hi everyone, this is Tony Clark. I hope you and your family are having a safe and enjoyable Labor Day weekend. I want to thank Libertyville High School head wrestling coach Dale Edgert for being part of this podcast. Coach Edgert is sharing his viewpoints on wrestling officials, rule changes, and the sport of high school wrestling. I hope you and your family continue to stay safe and healthy, and I hope to see everyone on the wrestling mats again soon.